Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald Interviews. I'm Dave Busey, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today I'm very excited to be joined by graphic novelist, cartoonist, creator Victoria Ying, creator of graphic novels City of Secrets and Hungry Ghost, illustrated works like Diana, Princess of the Amazons, and has worked in animation on Stone Cold classics like Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, and Moana. Victoria, thank you so much for joining today. I'm excited to talk to you about Hungry Ghost, which is officially now on the Comic Book Herald Best Comics of 2023, which I know it's early, yeah. <laughs> but I start early. <laughs> we have a Q1 update, and, and oh Hungry God, Ghost is on the list. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's so cool. Thanks yeah, for it's, having it's, me. Totally, totally. I'm glad to, glad to get the chance to talk to you. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Hungry Ghost. This is a graphic novel that's coming out here from First Second. Uh, it is your technically first in this sort of age range demographic, right? You had City of Secrets yes. and City of um, Illuminations, uh, which are, or Illusions, rather, yeah. mm -hmm. um, which are uh, geared a little bit younger. Um, what was, what were the challenges in terms of, of writing a, a slightly different style? Did you find yourself gravitating back to the City of Secrets language? Like what kind of updates did you have to make to your own process to get in that mode? Yeah, so um, I started out writing uh, fantasy because I love fantasies. They're the thing that got me into writing and the thing that got me into reading. So um, City of Secrets and City of Illusion, they're big, bombastic, steampunk fantasies. Yeah. And my newest novel, graphic, or my newest graphic novel, Hungry Ghost, is almost everything is different. Um, it's a contemporary YA um, like issues book that draws a lot on experiences from my own life. Mm -hmm. And so I actually never thought I would write a book like this just because I think I thought my own story was so banal and uninteresting. But mm. I think that um, there was a point in which I realized that a lot of people just had such a misunderstanding about what it feels like to actually have an eating disorder. Yeah. And the media depictions that we've seen have been mostly from a very specific point of view. And um, I really wanted to try to show what that experience feels like, mm -hmm. um, especially for someone who like isn't from like the dominant culture. So that's definitely why I wrote it. And you know, I think that I, I never expected to write it. It just kind of came out of me, and I wrote it very quickly the first draft. So um, I don't know. It's it's strange because like it was kind of unconscious the decision to make it what it was it wasn't like i sat down and was like hmm i should really write a ya novel about something yeah sure it was more like oh like i just have to write this and then once i wrote the script i think i knew i had something kind of special so um that's when i decided to like pursue it as you know a published piece okay okay that makes sense yeah for readers you know so hungry ghost the the focus here is on um it's a teenage girl uh, who is uh, in high school about to be in college and it's about her uh, struggles with an eating disorder, as well as just sort of her her difficulties with her family, and then some mm -hmm. some big events happen. Um, it's very slice of life stuff. I mean, I think if you just if I just say the plot details, it's not mm -hmm. necessarily going to. There's nothing like you said. It's not fantastical. It's not the big steampunk driving right. engine of City of Secrets. Um, but it's a very engaging story, and it's it's absolutely beautifully illustrated. Uh, I was I was curious. You know, you're pretty transparent about your own experiences. And how well Hunger Ghost is not autobiographical, you know, it's based on some truths, right? Some life mm -hmm. experiences that you've been through. Mm -hmm. Some readers will probably interpret it that way anyway, right? Just kind of assume that like, oh, the author must have been through this. Right. <laughs> why did you why did you want to avoid the autobio or or memoir route? Why go this way? Um 
I think that the memoir route, the reason why I chose to do it this way, part of it is just because I had a background in writing fiction already. And for me, the structure of fiction and knowing like, okay, these are like the major points to, you know, getting a climax and then coming to, you know, like the relationships kind of coming to fruition. I felt like it was easier for me to write it as fiction because then I could use the tools of fiction to really tell that story and use characters who were not in real life. Um, Like, for example, Jordan is not a real character, um, but her story and how she contributes to this main story were really important to what I wanted to say. So I felt like fiction was really the best vehicle for this because I felt like I had such a, such clarity and like what I wanted this to feel like and what I wanted the story to be about that um, having the structure, like the scaffolding of um, fiction was actually very useful for me. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and then I think the other part of that too is that um, a lot of the events that happened in the book did not happen to me when I was a young person. Um, a lot of the things that I drew upon were things that happened to me in my like late twenties, early thirties, which mm-hmm. doesn't quite let like the timeline itself doesn't quite lend itself as well into a story or fiction. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that's mostly why I did it, but I, I love memoir and I love graphic memoirs. I think that they're like some of my favorite books. So there's a possibility I might revisit some of, you know, this story or even just talk about recovery or whatever in a more memoir space. But um sure. Yeah, this book really felt like it wanted to be fictionalized. Gotcha, gotcha. So, I mean, given that, it sounds like probably the answer here is no, but do you worry at all about, like, how any friends or family would interpret certain characters? Um, certainly even, you know, the mother figure, right, mm-hmm. in this book is 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 very critical of her daughter, definitely is. Yeah. In a way, the villain of the book, but I think mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk about that because it's not, it's not as black and white as all that. Um, right. Were you worried about that at all? Any of that framing? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I still kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I felt like I, I was very conflicted about how I wanted to tell the story. And I read a lot of memoir that was critical of, you know, people who were alive still. And, you know, I think that um, I think it's important to, like, just be honest about it, because I think that a lot of people go through something similar to this and then when they see a media depiction of a relationship between mothers and daughters that like doesn't reflect them, I think that they feel much more alone. So mm-hmm. for me, like, that's how I felt anyways, like knowing like what my relationship was like, I was like, well, you know, uh, like <laughs> I would think like, Oh, white people, like their, their parents are so much nicer to them. And it's mm-hmm. like that, that might may or may not be true. And I think that it's just because we keep seeing this very sanitized depiction of mother daughter relationships and I just wanted to be honest about it. And yeah. I think that that helps people feel less lonely. Do you feel like, like, so like between the, and so Val, the characterization, mm-hmm. um, and, and her mother is as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, there's, I think a certain cultural media attention on relationships between moms and daughters, especially post yeah. <laughs> every, everything everywhere all at once. I know. Right? And, and, and there's just the absolute way that movie blew mm-hmm. up and it's so, so wonderful. Um, so there's a there's a certain understanding right now, I think, of some of those cultural challenges mm-hmm. yeah. um, and, and those relationships. Do you feel like it is too too far in one direction um, or is it just good that it's getting spotlight at all? I mean, yeah, I think that um, the, the mother daughter story is having a moment right now. I think that yeah. um, a lot of people who had challenging relationships are 
trying to figure it out through fiction and like turning red is another example of another like Asian American story that has like a relationship that's kind of like that. And um, like I wrote my book before (laughs) those movies came out. So it really felt like there was just something in the water, you know, like I think that um, we're all kind of trying to say something like uh, people of my age, especially when they have immigrant mothers and, you know, the cultural difference is so great. Um, And you're trying to like figure out like how to bridge that gap and just tell your story. So I I think that like, I don't think that there's like too many of them. I I don't think that there will ever be too many stories that are um, honest and truthful. So yeah, I think that it's great that we're seeing so many and that people are now seeing, um, you know, depictions of families that are not necessarily just like really happy and you know like perfect right yeah i think that um families are complicated and relationships especially with people who um you know they're so close to you that being honest about that is really really hard and Mm. i think that the more that we can talk about it the more that things can change yeah yeah no i think that's great no i think that honesty it makes for it makes for fascinating reading and it also leads to specificity that is more universal generally speaking, um, than, than people might recognize, right? Off the yeah. bat, like, you know, like I don't, I don't have the same parent relationship, but I can feel some of those pressures, right? Just from my own experiences, right? And I think a lot of readers are gonna have similar yeah. things. Um, I, I think it is good too that, so this book, you know, writing that the mother character is, had to have been a challenge, I would think. Um, she, everything she says is very hard, but you ultimately come out of this, and I, I won't spoil how it resolves or anything like that, because it's, it's new. I want people to check this out. We'll include links in the show notes and all that fun stuff. But you resolve in a more hopeful manner, right? Yeah. You, you resolve with some kind of paths forward mm-hmm. as to, okay, here's how you can actually try to handle this situation. Um, how did you arrive at those those places and kind of that messaging? Because I think it's really, yeah. it's not something I'd heard before, and it seems mm-hmm. very helpful, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was very challenging, especially at the beginning, because when, um, when I was pitching the book and the book was on submission, I had a bunch of calls with different editors who were interested in in, um, publishing the book. And I definitely had a lot of editors who did not understand the mother character and they felt she was like too mean. And um, they kind of wanted an ending that, you know, oh, she sees the light and oh, she apologizes and stuff. But like, to me, that didn't feel honest. Like that just didn't feel true to my experience. But, um, you know, at the time that I was writing it, like we, still hadn't had like this, I didn't have that moment with my own parent and I didn't have that with like myself yet, but I wanted to see like, okay, well, what could that look like? And I think that that's the power of fiction that if this was memoir, I wouldn't have been able to have that kind of hopeful moment or like that, um, that template for how to move forward just cause like that hadn't happened to me yeah. yet. Like I hadn't really experienced that. So like I was able to use the power of fiction and be like, okay, well, what could it look like? And I wanted to be honest with that too, to be like, well, it's not going to be like this, you know, Hallmark movie ending where, you know, everything is resolved and everyone's better now and everyone has changed. It's like, that's, that's unlikely. So what I wanted to do is, is show like a version of a resolution that I felt was satisfying, but that also felt realistic. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. Like, I think that some people maybe don't feel like the resolution is as satisfying yeah. as I do, but um, it's the one that I felt was the most honest. Yeah, no, I definitely prefer that approach because you mm-hmm. can you can feel 
the build to a possible apology or possible, mm-hmm. you know, kind of sweet resolution. And it's all a little too easy. I, I think yeah. you're right. So you can feel the book kind of walk up to that and then really slam the door on it <laughs> and go in another direction, mm-hmm. um, which does feel more realistic. Not that everything has to be, yeah. you know, not, not that we can't have place for some of that sweetness in fiction, but it's... Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, for me, when I was reading a lot of, um, or, like, watching media about eating disorders and stuff, like, the relationships that the, the parents and the children just never mm. rang true to me. And, like, when the parent did kind of, like, come around and, like, changed, I was always like, I don't know. Like, that sounds nice. You know, mm. like, that would be nice. But then it made me very disappointed in my own relationships. Yeah. So I think that 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 was what was really harmful i think in the end about seeing these like very positive depictions it was like oh why isn't my life like that and i wanted to show something that felt satisfying but at the same time was like yeah no it's very unlikely that like your parent might change like it's it's unlikely Mm -hmm. that they're going to change it's possible but it's unlikely and maybe like just embrace that uncertainty and not just like keep hoping Mm -hmm. that they're going to be different um they are who they are and like you can't change that as yeah. much as you'd like yeah. to. And it's it's kind of interesting because in, in accepting that message, it does kind of de-villainize, right, that character. Because it's kind of like, well, yeah. okay, they are who they are, and this element of them is, is a problem, and it's traumatic. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to retain a relationship with them because it's my mom or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's a challenging thing. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was, you know, it's a challenging read at heart because it, it's a sad story, right? It, it is. It's this, it's this girl who should be enjoying her life. She's going on a trip to Paris, right? She's having this great time. But she's, you know, I was feeling all this empathetic anxiety, right? Just the ways, the worries about food and purging are nonstop. It's very mm-hmm. tense um, and, and it's very, very anxiety yeah. inducing. You mentioned how it came out very quickly and you're kind of doing this, like, it's coming out quickly. It's probably like pandemic, like kind of the early stages, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Actually, I think I wrote it right, right before. before the pandemic. I want to say the first draft was 2018. Okay. Yeah. So I did the bulk of the work, like the actual drawing of the book during the pandemic. But um, the writing of it was a little bit before. Gotcha. Okay. So you're, so you're actually yeah. illustrating the thing during the pandemic as all this mm-hmm. is happening. Yeah. Like, how did you, like, stay positive <laughs> working on this, you know? Yeah. I, I think that um, the writing of it was, was something that, yeah, like, I almost, like, disassociated with myself mm-hmm. when I was writing it. And it wasn't until after when I was reading it that I like really felt that, those gut punches of emotion because even now when I reread the book, like I can still feel that those feelings. Yeah. But when I'm actually like making it, like I'm so focused on the craft that um, it's actually really easy for me to like compartmentalize mm-hmm. it. <laughs> like when I'm doing the drawings for the book, I can very easily just like I'm not even reading it at that point. You know, like every page is its own like abstract thing that I'm just trying to be like, all right. I'm going to ink this page now. And it's very easy for me to forget like what the whole story is because when you're looking at it like so close, like you have this like microscopic view of what you're doing, it's really easy to, um, to just forget like exactly how traumatic some of those moments are. Um, But yeah. And I think that that's been very helpful for me is like the art side of it. I can just be like, Oh, I'm going to make this pretty. I'm going to make sure that like, you know, the, um, the drawing of the face is symmetrical, (laughs) you know, like stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like there were the moments that I think were most traumatizing or not traumatizing, but you know, like the most challenging were always when I was like rereading it or doing edits or, you know, trying to figure out like, like when I had to look at it at a zoomed out view, when I had to see the whole thing together as one object and not just like, 
okay, here's like the little minutia of like, okay, like let's, let's work on this paneling or whatever. Um, so yeah. And you know, also therapy, <laughs> <laughs> I will always be an advocate for therapy. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good. Very good. So as, as you're drawing this, you know, artistically, um, you've worked in animation, you've got uh, City of Secrets franchise under your belt, you've got this Diana and the uh, Princess of the Amazons work that you've illustrated. On Hungry Ghost, you're taking some some different techniques, um, oh. some different coloring in some ways and shading. What were the things that mm -hmm. you were most focused on sort of developing and challenging yourself with uh, as far as the visuals of this work? Yeah, um, you know, my background in animation, every project has its own art direction to mm -hmm. it. Uh, and that's really what I wanted to bring to my books as well. I wanted the artwork to reflect the story and for it to be a piece of the story and not just like, this is like all my books look the same. Yeah. Um, so for City of Secrets, like I had this really kind of scratchy ink like look because I wanted it to feel kind of like a like a French comic book. Like that was my goal. I was like, I want this to feel like a BD, uh, bande dessinée. Um, but uh, for Hungry Ghost, like I really wanted it to feel more mature, a little bit more like elegant, you know, and um, to have the feeling of a human hand, but at the same time for it to feel very distinct from uh, City of Secrets and also very distinct from like Diana. Um, and developing that usually what I do is I will do a sample page and then I will like experiment with different brushes, different colors, and try to find like the right vibe for the book. Uh, and that process can take a few weeks to a few months and sometimes it'll change like in the middle of the book too um especially when i was doing picture books i was like ah you know what actually i think it'll be like this instead mm -hmm. um because the projects just take so so long and i'm always trying to kind of find ways to make sure that like i don't burn out when i'm doing them so the process that i use is always a, a balance of like the artwork has to match the story and it has to support the story but also like this has to be something that is like physically possible for me mm -hmm. and also like that I can do quickly. So that is most of the considerations that I have when doing these books. The color, um, especially for this book, I really wanted it to be a limited palette because I really like manga and I like the black and white yeah. of comics, but American comics, like we still are, we haven't quite embraced that look. And, you know, I think that people just perceive it as like being cheap. They're yeah, like, oh, well, they didn't spend the money for sure, color. Right. And, I, I get that, but at the same time, I feel like there is like a clarity in black and white comics that you can't quite get in color, mm -hmm. just because I like the flow of the drawings and like you just read it so much faster when it's, you know, simple. So that's what I was really aiming for with this color scheme for Hungry Ghost. I wanted it to be clear and simple to read. Um, and I didn't want to like get too caught up in like, oh, these every panel is like gorgeous and beautiful and like super rendered. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I find that really distracting. Sure, sure. No, I mean, throughout the book, I mean, you're using pink and turquoise um, mm -hmm. primarily, right? And then you get some darker mm -hmm. grays and brown mixed in there for like the yeah. tenser moments. Uh, it, it's definitely a different color palette than than City of Secrets, but it also like mm -hmm. I don't know I do think as a as a reader I do tend to appreciate that because it sets kind of a tone, sets kind of a mood. It is also then a little mm -hmm. more striking, like because you know that the pink and turquoise is very, um, it's very appealing, right? It's very aesthetically mm -hmm. just kind of calm, and then you get these when interruptions of gray or brown or whatever, right? And it kind of it's like okay, this is a tenser moment, right? And then that ties in narratively mm -hmm. with what's happening. It all feeds into itself. Um, yeah effectively yeah no I, I do like that what what are some of your like mangas that you've been reading that you're enjoying lately do you have any favorites lately 
Oh, great. Um, so, oh, also, I want to shout out to my colorist, yes. Lynette Wang. She's done like three of my books with me, and they're all different. And I mostly I set the tone. Like, I will send her the sample pages that I've developed, and then she's the one who actually like does most of the hard work. So, you know, she's she's wonderful, and like she has her own series that she's developing right now. Um, so I'm gonna miss her as my colorist, but she's an amazing cartoonist. I can't cool. wait to see yeah. what she does next. Um, yeah, and sorry for the mangas that I'm reading right now. Um, like Spy X Family, everyone's mm -hmm. really into that. It's so sweet and very cute. Um, I also really appreciate the way that the artist leans into doing like really weird yeah. character designs. Um, I think they're very funny and, um, you know, everyone doesn't have like the same face, which is cool. Um, I also really like Witch Hat Atelier, which is um, just so beautifully illustrated and the story is so charming and i don't know every volume i'm just like oh this like precious yeah. beautiful piece yeah so those are probably my two oh also um delicious dungeon is very fun <laughs> so we just recommended that to me i got i i'm picking it up from the library later today yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's very cute yeah it, it's a lot of fun and the illustrations are very charming and i don't know it's a really easy read um i appreciate manga for that that it kind of has this like fun like oh like I, I don't have to like necessarily invest a lot of yeah. emotional energy into these things it's more like oh yeah like this is just like cute and fun <laughs> and um it's also like you know not for kids right it's like, okay right like, I, can I am finding this, a lot so, of uh yeah. so I, I have not been a manga reader historically um but over the past like year and a half mm -hmm. I've finally been like oh my gosh what am I doing like I'm missing out on so many good books and uh so I finally started <laughs> catching up and I'm finding a lot of like similar similar energy and similar um kind of approaches as mm -hmm. like the YA or like kind of this explosion of like what is like kind of yeah. termed like the kids market but it's you know it's a lot of times it's all ages there's YA there's middle right. grade like there's all this variance in between them um mm -hmm. but but that and, and a lot of the especially the popular manga stuff it's like it's just like it's very comforting it's very easily accessible um generally speaking you sit on your couch for mm -hmm. an hour and you're through a book you know what I mean? like it's, it's just got as opposed to an American comic that can be yeah. quite a bit denser a lot of times and I'm speaking yeah, in very broad really terms. Dense. It's not all that, um, but it's but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> sure, yeah. And yeah, no, delicious and dungeon is is on my radar. So I'm gonna go mm -hmm. and check that out later today. Amazing, mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking of super cute, uh, Diana Princess, the Amazons. This book you've worked on on the DC side, incredibly cute, uh, really fun for for younger readers especially. Um, one of the things that I really loved about this is mm -hmm. on Diana and then uh, the Diana and Nubia follow up. Your ability to capture the excitement of little kids' mm -hmm. facial expressions <laughs> is very, very good. You know that, or or it can be excitement, or it can yeah. be like that unfiltered <laughs> disgust. Um, where does that grasp come from? How do, how do you think you got so good at drawing mm -hmm. little kids? Honestly, um, it's a lot of it's from anime and manga. Um, some of my favorite expressions are from yeah. like the Sailor Moon anime. Like they're so pushed and really goofy. And I always like my, some of my favorite bits from like SpongeBob SquarePants yeah. are like when he goes like really realistic and like the face is just like totally weird. Yeah. And I, I just always think that's really funny to me. Um, there was like a little bit of pushback on that sometimes where they're like, oh, really? they look like a little too goofy. And I'd be yeah. like, no, <laughs> you're keeping it. I think it's funny. And For I sure. think the kids will think it's funny. Yeah. So. Oh, that's funny that they would push yeah. back on that. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I understand having some limitations, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fun, goofy book. You want, you want goofiness right. in there. Um, yeah, like you understand it's the character. They have the same hair. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kids will get it. <laughs> Kids will figure it out, right? Yeah. Uh, what well, What was your favorite part of those projects? 
Um, so I really loved working with Shannon and Dean Hale, who are the writers on that. Um, they're both very familiar with comics and how to write for uh, an artist who is, you know, like I usually write for myself, so it's pretty easy. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, oh, if I if I like have a paneling thing that I don't like, I can just change it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're working with Shannon and Dean, like they really had a lot of the considerations for like how to panel and like um, the specific things that are happening in each panel. Like they, they really knew what they were doing. And um, I learned a lot from them, like just reading their scripts. I think that it's really helped me in my writing as well. Um, so that was definitely one of my favorite parts. But I also really do enjoy that style of drawing because it has the, I use this like really like syrupy kind of line with it, which is something very different than pretty much every other book that I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it kind of has this like cartoony, like appeal to it. That's a little feminine, which is kind of why I chose it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked the actual inking process of it. Like that was really fun for me too. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. So, you know, you've been, um, you have coming later this year, uh, the Shang-Chi book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a Y book as well. What is it? The, the Secret of Immortality? Am I getting the subtitle? Yeah, right? The Quest for Immortality. Quest for Immortality. Yeah. Uh, what um, what kind of style are you taking on that? Or is it a totally new style? Because it's, it's a new project. Um, we actually, that book, it has a style that is more, more similar to City okay. of Secrets. So we have kind of a more scratchy ink line look. Um, and, you know, a lot of that was, again, for the story, I wanted to have a almost like Chinese brush mm. feel to it. Um, I don't actually ink with brush. So, you know, this is like kind of the closest that I could get for me. Um, like my grandfather was actually a Chinese ink painter. So I wanted to kind of like honor his memory and try to do something that felt like, like ink That's and cool. paint. Do you have, do you have any of that work from him? I do. Um, I don't have any of it out. It's like, uh, the, the, the pieces that I have are like, um, books that he would write. Cause like it was calligraphy. Yeah. Um, yeah, my parents have most of it in their yeah, house. Yeah, no, that's just, yeah. As long as there's there's mementos mm-hmm. left behind, that's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the for Shang Chi, I'm a big Marvel Comics fan. What uh, like what material mm-hmm. are you pulling from, or reading, or inspired by? Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Chinese folklore, and we kind of only have one story. <laughs> I mean, not really. I'm kidding, but like, obviously, <laughs> one of the most popular ones is um, the Journey to the West. So mm-hmm. I pulled a lot from Journey to the West. And uh, I wanted to use uh, So Kong as a character in it. Okay. Um, I wanted to use the folklore. You know, I wanted to use that as the starting point. And um, I remember very clearly this like 1970s Chinese animated film about the journey to the West. And, you know, remembering the like peaches that are in that story, I was like, oh, I really want to like do something with that. So um, that's what I pulled from a lot. And also like it's supposed to fit in the continuity of the current Shang-Chi run. So I was also very inspired by the um, the work that um, that the that they've been doing on the Marvel side. The the Jean Lun Yang. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, So they actually like they're like, it's why thing. it's its own thing. But Mm -hmm. we want you to fit inside the the mainline continuity. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's canon because like the the Diana books are not canon, and yeah. I think that this is not technically canon. But um, the relationships between like Shang Chi and his father, they're more aligned with the Jing Lang um, Shang Chi run yeah. as opposed to the movie. So like the I'm using his the the fiction that he set up as opposed to the the Marvel MCU one. 
That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's probably good. I, I think that runs quite good. It kind of regrounds and recenters uh, what those stories can be because the, yeah. the masters of kung fu stuff are like super celebrated, the '70s stuff, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. the for their artistic endeavors and all that. Mm -hmm. But then there's also like a lot of underlying like racism and not necessarily even pertaining to like the individual creators of that era, mm -hmm. but just right. like I mean, Fu Manchu is a major player, and it's like inescapable stuff that right. creators now are trying to escape. Um, so yeah challenge Chi was definitely a bit of a challenge too because they were like oh we want it to be like middle grade ya age so and you know using the kind of canon that i already knew shang chi like doesn't leave his compound until he's like an adult until yeah. he like so i was like well what kind of story can i tell where he's like hasn't left yet oh so you're um, writing you're writing him as a younger character too right yeah i'm writing yeah, him as a okay. younger character. yeah he's, yeah he's i think 14 in the book um so yeah, I was like, how do I tell this story where, like, at the end, he actually goes back? You know, like, how do I how do I make that a satisfying conclusion? And mm. I'm really happy with the way it turned out. It's, like, when I wrote the outline, I was like, oh, my God, it's so good. I love it so much. Yeah. So I'm really excited to share that book, too. Awesome, awesome. Do you know when that's coming out? I, I thought it was October, fall. Does that sound right? October 3rd or 9th? Um, okay. Something like that. Thereabouts. Very, very cool. Um, yeah. All right, yeah, no, so we'll include a reference to that so readers can check that out as well. Uh, quick question while you're looking at that, what's your favorite children's book that you've illustrated and why is it, I am a Wookiee? <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Um, one day I was at a con and someone was asking me about, um, I am a Wookiee and they said that apparently like on the cover, um, I, I did the, like the Wookiee home planet and they're yeah. like, Oh, like because of this illustration, you like officially made light day canon and i was like what how oops yeah <laughs> it was like not intentional <laughs> at all um but yeah like that was a really fun book uh it was really challenging too though because like working with the um licensors for star wars um that cover took me so long because they kept being like the likeness is off on chewy and i'm like is it <laughs> like, it just kept going back and forth because yeah. they're like no his face isn't right and i'm like are you sure? Because, like, I've really tried really hard to get it right, yeah. um, like, numerous times. And, yeah, I think that they just, like, they're, they're very strict about that stuff because, mm. you know, it's important. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I definitely learned a lot about, like, Wookiee um, facial features. I would imagine. <laughs> differentiation yeah. between them. So it was really funny. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Now, it sounds frustrating but uh I bet, they've, I bet they've got some strict opinions on the matter. i mean it, you know the care for that franchise is you know really important and having those people there to like make sure that all these different people who are working on these different projects can all kind of come together um i think that that is definitely something that is important but uh can be a little frustrating <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i would bet i would bet um, so it, how about uh, City of Secrets, City of Illusions? Will there will there be more in that world? Um, are you taking a, are you on pause as you kind of work through some other stuff? What's what's the plan there? Well, currently, currently there's no plans for more books in that series, but um, I definitely have ideas for if we wanted to continue to make them. Um, it's a little tough because like those two books came out during the pandemic, so they didn't have like the best releases. But, you know, um, there's always a possibility that they can return. Sure, sure. So what... You know, you have a, a career in animation. You come into mm -hmm. to comics as far as your first published works um, where you're writing and drawing. Like you said, it's launching directly into the pandemic. That's a weird time <laughs> to yeah. be starting for sure. It still is in many ways. What do you feel like you've learned about 
kind of the market, kind of the, the just like what you want to be producing? Like, mm -hmm. like where do you feel like you are now, you know, three years after City of Secrets? Yeah. I mean, I think that for both of my projects, um, they're very different, but I do think that embracing kind of your own specific eccentricity and whatever it is that you want to say is probably the best way to get a book published because I feel like people can tell when a book is coming from an honest place as opposed to when someone is just trying to chase the market. Right. Um, when someone is like, oh, well, kids' graphic novels are big right now, so like I should just yeah. – you know, like that. Um, I think that it's very transparent when you're not doing it with integrity and um, without doing it with sincerity. Mm -hmm. So I think that the, the book that obviously has gotten the most buzz for me has been the one that is the most closely tied to my own experience and the one that, you know, feels like it's so, so niche. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that that is the thing that I've learned is like, whatever it is that you feel wants that you want to say even if it feels like oh like who's gonna read this it's so such like a tiny market mm. that's probably the one that um people actually are most interested in reading yeah yeah that's interesting so i mean you're you're now uh a couple weeks away from hungry ghost officially coming out um folks are doing it you're doing the interview circuit uh what mm -hmm. kind of what kind of feedback and what kind of response are you getting it sounds like pretty positive as far as people are reacting to it um what's it been like yeah so far? yeah so far, it's been really positive. Um, everyone, like my friends who've been reading it, like, oh my God, you made me cry. And yeah. I've like never been so happy to make so many people cry. <laughs> um, so it's been really nice. I definitely think that um, I'm a little nervous to read like real reviews. Sure. I always like have a friend read it for me and I'm like, can you just give me the bullet points? Cause um, I'm still a sensitive baby. Yeah. And, um, I I always like have a hard time like, I don't know, just accepting like, oh, okay, because this is so precious to me. And I'm much less this way when it comes to my art, because I've been doing it for so long that I'm kind of like, yeah, I know, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> you know? You're confident, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have the same like hangups about it. But when it comes to my writing, I'm like very, very um, sensitive. Mm. And I try to, um, I try to like make sure, you know, I stay off of Goodreads. <laughs> Um, and you know, I, I just try, I, even like the good reviews, I will like skim it yeah. and I will try not to like read it too closely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like mostly it's been positive and you know, I think that like reviews and things like that, they're really important, especially for readers, but I think it's really difficult as an author. Cause like, I can't change anything at this point, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I can't go back and fix anything. So even if someone like had, um, a criticism, I would have to be like, this is the book that I wanted to make. And like, it is what it is, unfortunately. Sure. Sure. Um, so yeah. It is. It's always interesting to me, you know, because I, I run Comic Herald, right? And we, we mm -hmm. publish reviews on occasion. Um, and it is always interesting creators who want to read that stuff, who mm -hmm. who feel like who can't pull themselves away, but don't really want to yeah. be reading it. Versus some, you know, certain creators are just cold turkey, like, no, I, I won't read anything. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to know. Um, yeah, and it's always it is it is even as as writing many reviews, which I have, you know, it's definitely a thing where you're like, it's criticism to to talk about how the book made you feel, how you right. think others might react to it. It's mm -hmm. rarely, I think, a good idea to come in and be like, the author should have done X because it's like, <laughs> it's a sunk cost. <laughs> like the book yeah. is in the world. And also like, really, do you know better? Probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think that criticism is so important and like we need good critics. Like that is, is a dying art mm. because, you know, so many people, I don't know, like they, they don't really take 
like people who are good critics they don't take their opinion seriously and i'm like no 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 good we need good critics like they're so important yeah. and you know people who are actually educated about like the, the medium and who actually understand like the context of what's happening in the cultural world like that's so so important that work and um you know i appreciate it so so much but it's definitely something where like my own books like i have like a hard time i, I just like i just don't read yeah. it <laughs> i just don't read it yeah. at all but i love them like I, that's how i find new books too all the time oh right yeah critics I appreciate totally it. yeah no and then just the yeah the way it can increase uh, appreciation of certain elements that mm -hmm. i would not have paid attention yeah. to right because it's just not my specialty that, mm -hmm. that i always value oh yeah for sure i actually always read credit criticism um after i've read the book yeah sure because i want to like read what do other people think like um i don't know it's almost like having a book club yeah 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 because <laughs> you want to like have that discussion with somebody and um yeah so i will like oh if i read a book that i love i'm like oh my god what did other people think yeah. and like what did other like smart people think right so, right but, especially if it's challenging yeah. I, I always find too like if it's like an intellectual exercise mm -hmm. then i'm like okay what did i miss like i want to know like what what do yeah. other people understand about this that i don't yeah um no very cool no i'm glad you have that perspective on it yeah try not to you know check out some reviews but <laughs> try not to obsess <laughs> i'm sure it'll drive you crazy yeah. um okay very good so so what else is next for you what else do you have coming um, so yeah, Shang-Chi and the Quest for Immortality comes out October 3rd. Um, currently I'm working on a graphic novel adaptation of a YA middle grade book that um, I can't quite talk about yet just because it hasn't been announced, but I'm also working on the follow-up to Hungry Ghost, which is going to be another YA contemporary. Um, it's not a series, so it's not the same characters, but it is going to be similar in terms of tone and in terms of the, the fact that it's like um, an, a fictionalized autobiographical story mm -hmm. where I'm going to use a lot of my experiences of being like a teenager who's an artist online in the early 2000s mm. and um, maybe engaging in communities and relationships with people who maybe are not the most appropriate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sounds interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. We'll look for all that. This is good. Hungry Ghost is going to be out there soon. We'll include links here in the show notes for everybody to check this out. Again, a gorgeous graphic novel. Highly recommend checking out. Um, I, I enjoyed the read quite a bit. Uh, final uh, final question I usually ask people is, what are you reading? But we already talked about the manga side <laughs> of things. Uh, anything else that you want to recommend or, or plug before we let you go? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I just recently finished reading all of Octavia Butler's canon from oh, nice. Publication Order. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of the books I'd read already before, but yeah. um, reading them kind of in this context, like seeing the whole canon mm. was really, really interesting. And um, my favorite from that series is the is Dawn. Um, so if anyone hasn't read that classic science fiction book, um, definitely check it out. Was it your favorite before you did the read through or did it become your favorite? It was my favorite before we did the read through and um, it remains my favorite um, yeah. even still. Yeah, the series is like really, really good. And I don't know, it just asks like all the right questions and also like it's really prescient, you know? Yeah. Like, people like Parable all of the Silver, stuff. but I was like, it's too close, <laughs> too close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I actually, I just started Parable the Sower. Uh, oh yeah. A few, cause I, I do these long bike rides. So I've, I've been doing uh -huh. audiobooks and they help me get through it. Um, and that's when I just put on the list. So I gotta, I gotta add Dawn now. That's, that's yeah. going on. Um, yeah. Cause Kindred is one of those things too, where it's like, wow, this is, man, this is precious. Oh, like, when man. was this written? Yeah. <laughs> people, people always start with those two because oh, yeah. they're like her biggest books, but I also just find them to be so challenging in terms sure. of like how to make you feel like yeah. oh, it's so rough. But yeah, yeah. I, I really love Dawn. I think that it asks like very prescient questions about like humanity and, you know, especially with the impending AI, you know, oh, yeah. revolution, revolution. So, um, yeah. 
Okay. Okay. It's going on the list. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Victoria, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time and, uh, yeah, and we'll plug this so stuff here on CBH. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye.